What's up, Bobby here. Today on the podcast, I interviewed Kellen from The Savvy Couple. Uh, I've been really excited about this one. This is somebody that I've been watching in the blogging space since like 2016. Uh, they started blogging just right after I started Millennial Money Man and say they because it's a uh, it's a husband and wife team, Kellen and Brittany. And uh, it was really cool. It was a great conversation because I've seen him go from uh, basically working uh, in, a, in a jail and, and, you know, working with inmates in a jail uh, to quitting his job and and finding, you know, online business and freelancing. And uh, he's grown a really cool company over at the, uh, the Um And now they've built out brands underneath. They've got a, a mommy brand and they've got a, a food brand. So it's been really cool to see him grow. And um, I, I watched him from the early days start at like nothing at like zero dollars. And now his business uh, has, you know, has done upwards of six figures in a month. Uh, which is just crazy. And it's a really cool thing to see somebody else do that and kind of watch them over the years. So uh, we talked about what it was like to work as a, a couple, you know, and that was actually, he gave me a pretty surprising answer on that one. Um, we talked about, you know, what it's like to work with your kids. Uh, do, does money make you happy? Like when you see six figures coming in in a single month from your business, like, does that make you happy or not? Uh, so all around great conversation. Uh, and uh, yeah, see you in the podcast. What's up, Kellen? How's it going, buddy? Hey, how's it going? Good, good. Man, I feel like I haven't talked to you. Every guest that I've had on, like I haven't actually talked to them since like the pandemic, but I feel like it's been like several years, right? Yeah. I think the last, I mean, last time we had an in-person conversation was 2018 FinCon. So that's been 2018. Crap. I think it's 2018 DC. That's wild. Yeah. Man, and what a lot has changed in five years, huh? For sure. For sure. Yeah. Why don't you just tell everybody what you, like I do intros and stuff before this, like I'll cut an intro after the, the podcast, but like, what are you doing now? Cause I know you have like several different things that you're working on right now. Yeah. Um, so we own savvy media marketing and underneath that we have three different brands, the savvy couple, the savvy mama and the savvy kitchen. Um, the savvy couple is by far our biggest brand. Um, <clears throat> we kind of branched out in the last year and split up some digital products and then Brittany kind of took off with her and that's my wife, um, took off with her brand, the savvy mama and has been doing awesome there with the membership and digital products. That's sick, dude. Did you ever think that you were going to own like multiple websites and stuff? No, no, no. I, I actually, go ahead. Oh, I just, I feel like the, it's, it's so funny. It's like everybody that started, cause there was like a kind of a pack of people. I feel like that started in like 2018 or, I mean, I, I guess I started in like 2016. What year did you start? 2016. Yeah. There's the like a group of people that started in that time. And I feel like <clears throat> everybody that's like made it through that period of time is now like, starting to go like build these like little empires, you know, it's like they're built like, um, uh, like grant from millennial money. Well, now he's like MMG media. He's buying up all these websites. And, um, I talked to, to Julie Berman the other day from gold city ventures and they're buying up a bunch of different stuff and building a yep. bunch of things out. It's just wild to see like that, that so many people are doing that from the 2016 kind of class, you know? Yeah. That's pretty, pretty crazy that, you know, like, like you said, we all started kind of around the same time you were probably you probably started early 2016. I, you know, I actually, it's funny. I don't actually know. I, th I think that I started 2015. I have to okay. go back and, and look, I think it was 2015. And then, but I think I didn't like really, really get started, like putting out a lot of content until probably late 2015, early 2016, something like that. Yeah. Cause I wanted to give you credit. You, so Michelle was the first kind of person that I saw making, you know, income reports and her income reports were unbelievable, like hundred K a month. It was like, what the heck? This is, this can't be real. This has Dude, to be a scam. Right? <laughs> you know, some things were not right here. And then I kept like going into these income reports and you were doing income reports at the time. And you were like, I think when I started following you, you were like 5k a month, 6k up to 10k. Yeah. 
I was like, well, that's kind of a little bit more of a normal number. And Bobby's <laughs> a, a band teacher. I'm like, wow, if he can do something like this, you know, I, you and Michelle kind of gave me that vision of in like confidence, like just go for it. And like, if they can do it, you can do it. And that was like absolutely life-changing. Yeah. yeah. I, well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's so funny, man. I remember when everybody was doing those income reports um, and I started doing them because of, because Michelle was doing it, I'm sure. But like Pat Flynn was doing them back then. Like a lot of people were doing them. Uh, but I, I mean, Michelle isn't the one that got me started. Um, uh, Jay Money uh, from Budgets Are Sexy yep. is really like the person that got me started. And he didn't even do income reports. Like he was just doing like, he would just kind of like mention how much money he was making every once in a while, you know, but like him and I was following Aaron Lowry, who I actually had Jay on the other day. I hadn't seen him in a long time. It's, it was a lot of fun to talk to him. Cool. Um, but uh, yeah, Aaron and then, then I found Michelle's stuff and I was like, Oh wait, you can actually like get kind of rich doing this. Um, you know, and that's, I mean, it was kind of similar for me. So I started doing them and then it was like, but I was only making money from digital marketing in the beginning. Right. Like, it, and I feel like that's like how a lot of people start out and I kind of wish I was still doing them sometimes. Have you, you did income reports for a while, right? Yeah, we did. Um, up until, uh, shoot 20, 2019, 2020, maybe I think our last one, we shared, we made like 43,000 a month. And then we were like, all right, this is getting kind of awkward with friends and family. Like, let's kind of back off that. Even though we still share stuff like that in short video form content and stuff like that, but kind of just holding the privacy a little bit more to the chest. Yeah, dude, that's, that's exactly why I stopped doing them. Cause I, I like, I think Pat stopped doing them and then Michelle stopped doing them. And I was like, really thinking about it. Like, why am I doing these? Like, because I do feel like you get to an awkward, like a very, very awkward point in time where it's like your friends and family realize like, Oh, okay. Like they make a lot of money and like a kind of an unrelatable amount of money. Yep. Um, and then I just felt so uncomfortable about it. <laughs> like yep. I was just, I couldn't, I was just, I felt really bad about it. Um, and they were kind of a pain to do and everything. Yeah. Um, I think it added a lot of stress yeah, I dropped because for that same reason you would like every month you try to beat yeah. the next month and you know, business goes up and down, but like you'd almost feel bad if you had a month that you only made 30 K a month when the last month you made 40 and it's like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and you're like embarrassed to share that yeah. you didn't go. And <laughs> that is true, man. It's so funny. Like, do you, and I'm guessing you probably feel about probably the same way. Like I feel like the, the further I've kind of pro progressed in business, I start to think more about like quarters in years instead yep. of months, you know, totally. Yep. Yeah. But when you said it was awkward with your family, like what, what was, what happened? I'm just kind of curious since I had kind of a similar experience. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say anything particular. Um, so just a little background information, my family, my dad was an engineer. My mom was a school counselor, like, you know, middle-class, higher middle-class, like very well off and like not, never really complained about money, always had money to do activities, all this stuff. We're Brittany's side of the family, totally different single mom, you know, grinding, <clears throat> barely getting by paycheck to paycheck. So it's just that, you know, we bring the best of both worlds and like best knowledge from both sides of the coin. Um, but yeah, it was just like, once we started making, you know, into the six figures per month, it's like, this is kind of strange to be sharing like outright on our blog and stuff. I mean, they're not going to find stuff like podcasts like this, maybe, I don't know, but um, if they do good for them. Um, but yeah, I just, there was no need to really like produce and show that off and like beat our chest. Like, well, look how much money we're making. We were over that point. Yeah. I, I felt like it got weird with some of my friends. I don't know. There, And I think I, I go back and think about that a lot. Like, was it actually weird or was it me just worrying that it was weird? You know, yeah. because like, it's funny now. And it's, I think it's kind of the same with you. Like I stopped doing them for a while and then now, I mean, I'm creating more content now 
hold on, I don't know if you can hear my kid in the background. I'm creating a lot more content now. So like I'm starting to share more of that stuff and we're going to, as a team, we're going to be, so we're going to be sharing a lot more of that kind of stuff. And it's like, I care less now that I'm getting older, you know, yep. I'm like, now I don't really care. Like I don't actually teach people. Um, like, do you feel like that's kind of the same or have you, you're still yeah, keeping it under wraps for the most part? I've kind of come back to like, yeah, I feel like there's like this middle section where you're making too much and it's awkward to talk about two friends and family, like random people on the internet and who cares? No problem. But then you get to a point where you have created so much success and, you know, reached financial freedom and, and done so well. Why would you not pour that back onto your community and, and try to help them? Totally. Yeah. What? Okay. You had a very interesting former job. So yeah. can you talk a little bit about what you did before? Cause I have a lot of questions about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I'd love to dive into some of the stories too. <clears throat> so yeah, I went to school for business and finance. Um, loved doing that. And I always did businesses growing up um, all the time. I was selling like cell phone signal boosters on the back of like flip phones for school. I bought like a hundred of them from China and then was selling them for two That's bucks a pop. Awesome. Um, so always doing side hustles, always love business. And then after college, for some reason, I always wanted to be a police officer from the time I was 15. I went on a ride along. I was like, man, it'd be awesome to drive fast, take chances, you know, chase bad guys. It'd be awesome to serve the community like that. And I got it. I landed a job as in a, as a Monroe County Correctional Facility um, as a jail deputy job. And it was going to be a stepping stone to get to road patrol. And the academy was incredible. I did that for about a year until I just fell into like this crazy depression. And, you know, when you, when you go to work as a jail deputy, you're literally put in a unit with inmates from all, you know, you know, rapists, murderers, all, all sorts of stuff, just low lives. And, uh, you're there by yourself with 53 other inmates, um, the only deputy in the unit. So fell into a depression and then, yeah, that's kind of what led to me realizing that time is way too much, too, way too valuable to give it to someone else and to take complete control of my life and start the business and everything. But yeah, we can dive into jail deputy stories for sure. Yeah, dude. Okay. My, um, my wife and our guilty pleasure, like TV wise is lockup. Yes. I don't, I don't know why there's something about that show that is like so fascinating because it, I, I guess it's just because you're getting a glimpse into like a completely different societal structure and, and yeah. everything, but I've watched so much lockup. Um, is it, is it like that? Like, is that pretty much, I'm, I'm guessing you've seen that show. Right? I would. Yeah. I, I'm a big fan of 60 days in. I don't know if you've watched that one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've, I've that one, that. Dude, I've seen like every that one. My, that's like incredible. Uh, but yeah, I would say that most jail shows like that are pretty spot on. Like they're not exaggerating stuff going on. It's, it's wild. So, I mean, what is like the, I don't know. Is it like fights every single day? Like, is it, is it as like, in the TV shows, they make it seem like it's like everything's moving all the time. All this stuff is happening. Or is it really just like very quiet and then there's something that happens and then very quiet? Like how does it – what's the flow of it? Uh, it kind of comes in waves. Like I probably only had maybe – I was there for three years. I probably only witnessed maybe four or five fights. Um, a lot of them are in booking when people are like coming in drunk and just like disorderly. Um but yeah, it kind of comes in waves. If there's like bad beef in the jail and like rumors are getting around or like notes are getting around and like, you know, gangs are fighting against each other, like those will pop off and they'll, they'll put the, like the jail on lockdown for a week and stuff. But it's not like individually as a jail as a whole, probably at least a couple fights a week, but individually, like in your unit during your shift, it's not very often. And it really depends on how good the officer is to kind of keep things at bay. Yeah. What was the, what was like the wildest thing you saw? Yeah. Um, so there's a couple. The the one that comes to mind is I was I was working a unit 
it was a tower unit. So there's two levels, um, open day area. So just tables, chairs everywhere, TVs, and then the officers on a bubble, which is basically just a, basically just a desk pushed up against the wall. So no one can go behind you and you're basically out in the open with everyone. So on the radio, someone called like deputy Klein, we have inmate, blah, 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 come back to unit. So usually you like look over at the door and it's a double door and you, you have a screen to hit open. And I looked over and I, I recognized the guy and they'd move you around a different unit. So you get to see everybody. Um, and I thought for sure the guy was in my unit, but he lied to the transport deputy that was bringing him up. So let him in my unit. He immediately ran over to a guy that killed his uncle and started beating the living crap out of him. And then it turned into like a six person fight. Pepper spray was used. And I, it was my first fight ever like witnessing <laughs> and the, the sergeants were coming up like trying to figure out what I, what, what happened and like try to get the report done. And I just remember walking down to the sergeant's office cause they removed me from the unit so I could write the report and stuff. And I'm just like, I, I couldn't even get words out. I was like shook. And I was like, that was insane. I don't even know what happened. So that was probably the, the, the wildest one. Um, trying to think of other ones. I mean, booking like, was there like alcohol in the toilets and stuff like that? Like where people doing a lot of that and you're like finding contraband and like shanks and all that. Um, so usually the or is unit, that more prison? I mean, it's both definitely prison, like prison. There's, I'm sure there's shanks everywhere and there's, there's constant, you know, drugs and paraphernalia and stuff, but yeah, there's definitely those things in the jail too. We, we would do shakedowns and we did one when we were in the Academy. Um, and we found a shank, but there was also, this is the first shakedown I ever did. I was on the second, uh, second unit or second, what is it called? Cell, second cell in. This big white dude, huge burly beard. He must've been 300 pounds, six foot three, get him out, handcuff him, put him on the outside. Then you go through his, his cell. And obviously you're respectful when you're doing that, but this dude's huge. <clears throat> and I accidentally drop his, his toothbrush in the toilet. So I know it's so gross. <laughs> Luckily sucks. he like didn't see it. And obviously I like replaced it and everything, but I was just like this new recruit and I'm dropping toothbrushes in the toilet on inmates is, is wild. Dang. So it's you did that for three job. years. Yeah. It sounds, I mean, it's funny. Cause like, I think back when I was a teacher and it's like, that doesn't sound <laughs> there. I guess like I, I really didn't like teaching a lot, but it doesn't sound quite as uh, distressing <laughs> as what you were doing. I'm sure now you're doing something completely different, man. It's so crazy. Yeah. Um, and what Brittany, Brittany was a teacher before she, uh, she taught third grade and fourth grade for about four or five years. That's so crazy, man. Yeah. Cause Coral, I think my wife taught for, I think she taught, I don't know. I'm going to say for five years, maybe that career just, how do you feel about teaching as a career? It's definitely changed. That's for sure. I'm, I mean, we, we say all the time, we're yeah. so blessed to get Brittany out before the pandemic hit and like it went to crap. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. It's just changed a ton on compared to what it used to be. And they don't get paid anywhere near what they should. Yeah. No, I mean, dude, I, I, I don't know how much it's gone up since I was teaching, but like, I think I was making 50, I think with my band director stipend, I was making like 53,000 maybe. And I don't think it's gone up a ton since then, which is pretty, pretty crazy. And I actually remember back then, like the cost of living increase was like 2% or something. And I remember like, I was thinking like, okay, this is like not even like, I'm basically getting like a salary decrease every year because of inflation. (laughs) Like I'm not even making any more money and I don't think it's gone up very much, but I like New York. Was she in New York when she was teaching? Yeah. Yep. She started a private school and I think that her salary to start was under 30 K. 
which was like ridiculous. Jeez. Um, but then she quickly <laughs> went crazy, to a public man. school in our like health insurance and like benefits for teachers in New York is insane. Like they're so good. That was, that was really hard to give up to have Brittany join the business full time. Um, but yeah, I think her starting salary at like a public school is like 40, 45. So pretty low, but you top out. I mean, when you're done and this is like 20 years from now, when you're done, you're, you're making close to a hundred thousand, 90,000 or so. Yeah. Yeah. That's what Larry, uh, Larry Ludwig was on this podcast. We were talking about teaching and it was like, he was talking about New York and how the salaries can get pretty, pretty decent up there. Um, but still, I mean, it's just, it's, it's tough. My sister went into teaching very recently. Like I think right after the pandemic and the stuff she tells me, I'm just like, Oh my goodness. Like that sounds like impossible. It sounds like an impossible job to me now. Yep. Um, yeah. so what is, I mean, I don't know. How is it? How's life different now? <laughs> like, cause now you're, I mean, you're both at home, you're with your kids making great money now. Like, I don't know. What, what do you feel like is the most different from back when you were doing what you were doing? Brittany was doing what she was doing to now. Just freedom. That's like a word that our family toss around all the time. It's like our mission. It's like our vision. Everything's around freedom of our time and money. Um, yeah, just freedom to wake up and work when we want, work out when we want. Brittany was out, you know, going to a yoga class at 11. And she said that, you know, the entire class was old women. And she was like the only young mom there, which is just, yeah. it's a unique position to be in, to have that much freedom that you can kind of pick and choose the days you work, the times you work. Um, that was ultimately what I wanted all along is complete freedom of my time. And looking back, I realized how much I absolutely hated. So every job I, I had, I, I got I didn't get fired from, I quit from every single one just cause I hated it. It was like, I can't stand yeah. someone else telling me what to do. I cannot stand it. So it's been huge, huge yeah. blessing. Yeah. I mean, do you, do your kids understand what you do? Cause my kids, how old are your kids? Cause my kid's three. So like, he yeah. doesn't really, he just, he, I don't know. He doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't know yet. Uh, our oldest Callie's in kindergarten. She, she kind of understands she like, I think what makes her makes it click the most is seeing like a YouTube video of us on it. Cause she like watches YouTube. So she'll yeah. like understand like, Oh, data makes YouTube videos. Um, but yeah, we try to incorporate them in and, and try to explain what we do and, you know, really push business. Like I want them, I mean, it's up to them, but I really want them to start a business and flourish that. I, I really want to be the the person within our family you know, tree to push business and get other business owners started versus going down the nine to five rat race. Yeah. Do you think that it's one of the things, like, do you, I've heard different kind of philosophies on this. I'm not even sure how I feel about it anymore, but do you think like yep. everybody could start a business if they wanted to? Like, do you think everybody could be a business owner? Mm, no, I think, <laughs> I think it's a lot harder than, I mean, people, I'm sure you see this too. Like people will watch your content or con consume your content and think like, wow, he was an overnight success. It's so easy. They don't realize like the stress that goes behind it and the hard work and the strategy and the long hours at the beginning. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I don't, I think, I think business owners are way more risk like tolerant where a lot of people yeah. that like their job. Like I have, I have a buddy that works in uh, sales and marketing and he loves his job. He makes really good money. And that's a little different because you can like get paid a little bit more for hard work. It's not like a normal sure. salary job, but he's like super content and he gets his paycheck every two weeks. And it's like, you know, the, the security of that is the happiness versus business owners are like, let's, let's just try to make money however we can and start a business type of thing. <laughs> yeah. I wonder about that sometimes. I'm like, man, what I like, if I could go back and find like the perfect job, I mean, I love what I do, but I, but it's like everybody else. Like I, uh, 
you know, it's stressful sometimes. It's like really stressful sometimes. And yeah. I'm like, I'm in this point right now. And I think you're kind of, it seems like you're in the same place. You know, we can, we can dive into it, but like I've been hiring more and more people. And so it's like, it, my job has very much shifted from like, I don't know, not, I wouldn't say strategy, but definitely like getting the right people in the right places and like understanding what motivates different people and like compensation and like really like as we've dove, in, dove, dove into the, uh, the full-time employee thing, like that's been this whole other like world of business that I didn't really <laughs> know anything about. So, yeah. um, like, have you kind of found that same thing as you've started hiring people? I don't know what your team looks like right now, but I know you have yeah. people that we, just, you. yeah, we can kind of go over it. Kudos to you for the full-time employee thing. We, that's like something that we've thought about many, many times and talked about. And it's like something we're not, not into. And we want to keep a small lean mean team, even if that means like, we're not going to continue to skyrocket. Um, that's just something it's just stressful. Like you said, cause you're, you know, the people are relying on you like crazy. Um, but yeah, so we, right now we have Brittany and I, and then we have an ops manager and then we have an editor, virtual assistant, another virtual assistant. And then my brother is like a optimization specialist. So it's pretty small team, cool. all contractors. Yeah, no, no, that's cool. I, I think that's a great, I mean, like I, I was just like, I had a contract team forever, you know, I mean, obviously like, just like you is just me doing everything for, you know, a long time. And I think yeah. my first hire was a virtual assistant. And then from there, I don't, I don't even remember. It was probably like a web developer or something. Um, I, d I decided to go the full-time route because I just felt like I had a hard time with contractors sometimes because like I wanted somebody to like, like really be in it with me. Like that's when I was yeah. happiest. Like when I felt yeah. like we were like all like really, really in it together. Um, and I think, and I think this is dependent on the people. I just couldn't find contractors that it felt that way with, but your team seems like tighter than what I would consider most contract teams would be. Does that feel kind of, yeah. Yeah. We, so we went through a coaching program two X and it was, they did a lot about hiring and hiring the right people. And like you said, the motivations mm -hmm. and the, the, so we spend a lot of time hiring and, and we fire quick and hire slow, I guess that's the saying. Um, yeah, so yeah, yeah we, sure. we found a come, we found all the freelancers that we have have been with us for two or three years now. Um, that's which cool. is basically half of our business lifespan. Um, yeah. and yeah, tight knit group all work together, all kind of go after the same vision and mission that we've laid down and it's been really good. Man, yeah. That's awesome. Has it, so how do you, how do you find these people? <laughs> Cause I use a yeah. recruiter. Like I just use like a recruiter to hire people. For sure. Have, do you, where do you find, cause I think one of, a lot of people that are watching this, um, I know are like interested in freelancing. Um, and I, t I tell people there's a lot of opportunity out there to freelance, but I think it's kind of interesting to hear it from the business owner perspective, like how you actually acquire these freelancers, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'll jump into that. I definitely think like, obviously there's so much work to be to, to freelance. And I think that's definitely the fastest way to leave a nine to five is find like high quality freelance work uh, yeah. for sure. Um, and flex jobs has been one that's like, they have so many opportunities there. Um, Upwork, Fiverr. I mean, there's tons of places to find work. And I was kind of looking at all of them when I first left my nine to five to become a freelancer. Um, yeah. but yeah, we find all of our team through our email list actually. So they're already followers of us. Um, That's so we'll cool. Just, we'll just kind of post our job posting within there. And then we post on, you know, our Facebook page and whatnot. Um, but that's, we've gotten some really, really good applicants there. And the way that works so well is because they already know who we are. They already know like what we're all about. Yeah. Um, and if they're applying, they're like, yeah, I want to get on board with that. So it's worked out really well. Yeah. We've also been no, that's super sweet. lucky. Like 
our editors, a family friend over the last like 10 years, my brother's working with us too. So it's helped out really well too. Yeah. That's really cool. I, I feel like I've hired, I know I've hired at least one freelancer from my audience. It was actually somebody for laptop empires, but they came from the money, money, man audience. And, they, and she's been with me for since 2018, like she just has just stuck around. So awesome. I've definitely done that before. Um, and then, yeah, I, I've usually used like a recruiter and now like with the full-time people, like, I don't know if you have to use a recruiter, but it's a lot of like LinkedIn, a lot of LinkedIn, a lot of paying for recruiters. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think dude, like if you can keep, I think if you can keep the contract team and like have like bought in contractors, I think that's an awesome way to go. Like the employee yeah. thing is hard. <laughs> I was gonna ask, it's like, hard, but it's very rewarding. Yeah. I, you, you mentioned like your trend, your reason for transition. Can you explain or like walk through like, I guess benefits and all like the process of even going yeah. that route? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I, part of it was like the contract, you know, like I said, the contractor thing, I just didn't feel, um, I don't know. I'm on all the time. Right. And like, I'm, I don't have like, the, I'm not good with like boundaries and, and I, I've just from following you for a long time, like, I know that you're probably much, much better at like healthy work life balance and stuff. I just, I'm not happy when I do that. Um, and I found that a lot, like when I was like a solo blogger and I was like working in coffee shops by myself and like trying to do the work-life balance thing. Like I actually got depressed that way. Like, I think for whatever reason, my brain is just wired to like, just always go. Yeah. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and so I just, that's, I think that's one of the things that was hard for me with contractors was that they do have boundaries, like smart contractors have boundaries around their work schedules and, um, and all of that. And like full-time employees do as well. But like, if you hire, it's like you hire the right people. Like, like last night I was on, I was online with my director of operations or head of operations until like 10 o'clock last night. Like we were just like chatting about business and it was fun, but that's not something that I could expect. I don't even expect Ariel to do that, but I, it's, it's just, you don't get that as much. And so, yeah. um, but you know, I, I think also, um, I don't, I, because I do help because I have laptop empires as well. Um, and I had like two contract teams, like basically the way that things worked with me is like, I was building money, money, man. And then we launched laptop empires and like pretty much all of my focus went over there. Cause we were making really good money, like out of nowhere. And, uh, but I, the, the thing that I really was the most passionate about was still Millennium money, man, just like that brand, like the personal finance side. Cause laptop yep. empires is just like straight up digital marketing. Um, and so I like, I was making this money from laptop empires and like millennial money, man was really like atrophied, like, because it was, I couldn't write as much as I was before. And, um, so I started hiring like some contract team members and I was basically like taking money that I was making from LE and like putting it back into millennial money, man, um, to help try to grow it and like, keep it going. And then uh, that was just really difficult. It was really difficult to have, like, have the all contract team. Cause at one point we had like 20 people at LE, it's smaller now, but like we had a ton of people over there. And then I was trying to like manage the contract team over on the money, money man side too. And I just didn't feel like I could do it. Um, and so the first hire that I made, actually my, my accountant uh, really talked me into it. <laughs> she was like, um, she was just like, she had an all contract team. She was like, Bobby, you need to like, you just need to go after it. Like just start hiring some full-time people and just like take the leap. And so I put a job out for a part-time director of operations. Um, and this, what year was that? This was maybe almost three years ago, two years ago, something like that. Um, I put that job app, uh, job post out, had interviews. And then I found somebody 
that was a good fit. Um, and then through that process, I actually, uh, again, my account was just like, just offer him a full-time job. Like, don't do this part-time thing. Like, just go after it. And I didn't think we could afford it. <laughs> um, I was just like, man, this is like crazy. I don't know. <laughs> uh, that was the scariest part. Yeah. Um, but I made a full-time offer and they accepted. And then, um, from there, uh, we, we took the, um, uh, Ariel Gardner, who's my head of head of ops. Now she was a freelance writer for me forever. She actually worked for Michelle. Yeah. Um, she was Michelle's, Proof she is right? Michelle's sister-in-law. Okay. Yeah. So she was her editor for a very long time. Um, but she was freelance writing for me. And so we, we made her full time as well. Um, and so then we've just kind of grown from there. Um, and we added a, a head at full-time head of content. Um, we're hiring, pro, I don't by the time this episode goes live, we're, we're hiring a full-time email marketer as well. Um, and we're bringing on a part-time web developer next or in January. So now I've just kind of like gone all the, <laughs> gone yeah, down yeah. the road of it, but, um, but you know, as far as like, you asked about like the, like, just like setting up benefits, benefits and all that and, kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So the most difficult, I think the most difficult thing when you're a small business, like if you're not doing like, I don't know, I'm going to say if you're not doing six, $7 million a year or $10 million a year, I think the hardest thing is like health insurance when you're trying to find these people. Yep. Because man, that's, I think that that's the benefit that most people are the most concerned about, you know, and I get it because like, it's expensive, it sucks. And so like, um, if you're trying to find talent, like they usually are, are finding jobs that they, that have great health insurance. So that's the one thing that we don't have yet. Um, but we do unlimited pay time off. Um, we do 401k with a 4% match. Um, what else do we do? Um, we do two weeks of like, we shut down for two weeks out of the year. Cause the thing with unlimited PTO is that people don't take it very often. Yeah. Um, it's actually like, I've learned this through the process. Cause I was like, man, unlimited PTO, like sounds like the best thing ever to offer employees, but really a lot of corporations use it because it forces employees to take less time off because then they feel bad about taking time off. Yeah. Um, like so life, once I found yeah. that out, I was like, okay, well we need to like at least shut down for two weeks out of the year. Yeah. Um, and like kind of force people to like take a break. Uh, we do quarterly retreats um, in different places in the country. We're doing Austin in January, then we're going to do Nashville, and then we're going to do, I think, uh, Bellingham, Washington in Q3. Nice. I don't think we figured out Q4 yet. And then what else are we doing? Uh, I think we're going to start doing health healthcare reimbursement. And then actually, the so the kicker is now we do profit sharing, and then we also um, are, are doing a pathway to equity for early employees. That's kind of how we make up for the health insurance, okay. the lack of the health, health yeah. insurance is we, we offer equity to people. Yeah. Um, which was scary, man. I didn't know, <laughs> like, I didn't sure. really, uh, you know, like the thought of like giving equity and it, I'm, it's not giving equity away. Like they earn it. Um, but the thought of like setting aside equity of the company is a scary thought, but it's been good because I think it allows you to have a little more flexibility on salaries and people see the upward potential and all of that. So that's pretty much all of it. I definitely you know? think it's, yeah, but it's definitely, dude, it's a beast though. Yeah. I, I, the equity share and like, I think that that's such a good motivator too. We've, we've tossed around that idea of, uh, somehow incorporating that, or at least like commission based off of performance and stuff. I'm not sure, but yeah, what, like yeah. you said, once your business grows to a certain level, it's all about like switching to the CEO hat and like how to manage people and figure yeah. out what makes them tick and all that stuff. It's a totally different game. <clears throat> Yeah. I've seen you. I've, I mean, I, I follow your stuff on social media and you've been like posting a lot more lately, I feel like. Yeah. Um, but like, I've seen you kind of shift into that, that CEO role more like what, what caught, like for me, I just feel like that's what I naturally love doing. 
but like for you, was it the same or did you like do some coaching or something that kind of pushed you more into that direction of like stepping out of the business? Yeah. Um, few reasons. One of them was just like to create more time so that we have more time with our family and, and, you know, doing hobbies and things we love, um, and new adventures. But, um, I think the book, the millionaire fast lane kind of changed the way I thought. And then definitely we took a coaching program. We've done it twice now with two X and that that was life-changing to, to really figure out how to have the business run without us being the, the main cog and, and kind of manage from the top type of thing. What is it? Can you explain 2X a little bit more? Because I, I feel like I've heard of that, but I don't know. Like, who runs that? Austin. Uh, Neltz, Netzel. Here. This board fall over. He's got a couple bucks. His new ones, uh, free plug for Austin, two-week vacation test. Um, oh, sick. And yeah, he, they, they run 2X and they kind of basically, their, their mantra is like helping six-figure business owners turn into seven-figure business owners. Um, yeah. So we signed up for like a three month intensive program. We've gone to their mastermind, which is incredible. I think that was near, you live in Austin? I live in Houston. Houston. So about four, three and a half hours from me. Okay. It was in, it was in Austin. So we weren't that close, but, um, but yeah, it's kind of a program that gets you to create the systems within the business and figure out what is eating up your time and then making sure that you are doing those CEO tasks that are, you know, the $500 an hour, $1,000 an hour tasks that you should be really working on to grow the business um, versus, you know, answering emails or creating YouTube scripts, like stuff that you can outsource for $20 an hour type of thing. Do you, do you feel like you're working less hard now? Oh yeah. Um, When we first, I was working the hardest when the blog was making zero money because I was so desperate. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was working a full-time job and then like every waking hour, I was just thinking about the, the next piece of content we were going to write. I was publishing like new articles at five in the morning, like before work, like just grinding. Yeah. <clears throat> and I remember vividly, like almost telling my parents, I couldn't come to Thanksgiving because I had to like work on the business. <laughs> it was like, this yeah. is so ridiculous. God, man. It's crazy. Um, I re- yeah. I remember those days. <laughs> yeah. It sucks. But just like grinding. But then, uh, yeah, I feel like definitely in the last two years, we've really been able to, I mean, I probably work yesterday was the longest day I worked in probably two years. And it was for like eight hours and my brain was like falling out of my head, but yeah, I'll probably average like 20, 25 hours a week. Um, Brittany's probably around the same. Um, and yeah, it's just been really focusing on tracking our hours and like making sure that we are working on the right stuff when we are working. So it's all deep work stuff. What's the split that you do? between you and Brittany, like what does Brittany work on versus what you work on? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so I'm definitely way more hands-on with the team and like working with our ops manager and strategy. Um, I do all the Facebook ads. I'm kind of like the head of marketing, um, while Brittany's like head of fulfillment. So she's kind of more on the email funnels and definitely like more on her membership and fulfillment within that. Um, so she spends a lot of time. Yeah. Just in fulfillment with, better onboarding, more products, all that type of stuff. Yeah. I've been getting hit with your, I feel like the holidays coming up. I'm getting hit with your, uh, picture frame ad. Yeah. With uh, skylight. Yeah. I see that one a lot. It looks pretty sweet. That, <laughs> that's a really interesting, uh, partnership. So we have a guy that we used to work with, um, Corbin and he worked with honey for a long time. We did the same type of thing where he basically comes in, takes our liking on our Facebook page and basically runs the ads for us. And then we just take the commission split with him. Right. So it's super hands off and it's been awesome. 
and it's a good product. Yeah. We have a bunch of them in our family. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I think we we honestly we might have one too. <laughs> I don't know if we bought it through your ad or not, but yeah. Um, but yeah, that's cool. I mean, do you feel like my my wife and I tried the working together thing, and like it just didn't just didn't work out. But you've you've seemed to do very well with it. Like, do, is it hard working with the spouse, or do you love it? Like, where do you kind of fall on the spectrum? It's it's tough. It's I mean, we haven't we definitely haven't figured <laughs> out yet. <laughs> Is Coral yeah. still doing her uh, her YouTube and stuff, right? Yeah, she's yeah. doing her YouTube. So what she basically tells people when they ask her, like, because everybody, you know, you meet people and they're like, "What do you do?" She's like, um, "I'm a stay at home mom and part time YouTuber," which okay. is which is pretty accurate. Like yeah. she, you know, she puts out a couple of videos a month. Really, she's um, she's kind of like keeping it. She's had good growth and everything out of it, and she makes money from it. But like, she's kind of keeping it, I'd say, warm until like we want another kid. And then like, once those kids are in school, she wants to like, just kind of pick it up and take and go pretty gotcha. hard on it. Cause she doesn't want to like just sit around and you know, yeah. do nothing. So, yeah. No, that's smart. Um, so yeah, she's just kind of, you know, kind of keeping it warm, putting content out and, uh, but she's really good at it, but yeah, she's doing that, but I don't have anything to do with that. Yeah. Right. Besides, I think you mentioned yeah. a couple of times that once it blows up, you can retire finally and stuff as a joke. Yeah, I know. dude. <laughs> I want, yeah. I know that'd be great. I joke about that. I don't think I would, but, yeah. um, but yeah, so she does that. So, but we try it. Like she did some Pinterest stuff with me a while ago and like, we just didn't get the dynamic right of like, I, I felt weird telling her what to do, I guess, like man, it feeling like I was managing her and she certainly didn't want to feel like I was managing her. Totally. And so it was like, mm, maybe we should just not do this. Definitely. I would you say know? like definitely the most curse words and yelling and arguing comes from working together on the business for sure. Um, it just happened like really? conflicts with different vision or strategy and whatnot. But, but yeah, I think we've been, so we've been high school sweethearts since we were 14. So we've been together forever. Um, wow. Yeah. That's a long time. We actually, I think we, we just did our 10 year anniversary and then I think we've been together for 16 years or something like that. So over half our life. So anyways, yeah, we've like really developed a good relationship, like good working relationship, good, you know, spouse relationship, mother, father, like all the hats that we wear. And I think, yeah, I think it's just having those boundaries and, I think it's also having like the strict, strictish, like, you know, we're both, you're the CEO of the savvy mama. I'm the CEO of the savvy couple. And then we come together to like kind of manage the entire thing. But, but yeah, it's difficult. It's definitely not an easy thing. And I don't think, I don't think anyone, I don't think everyone can do it for sure. It's, it's, it's hard. Right. Yeah. I could see it being, yeah, I could see that being tough, but that's a cool way to like separate it out. Like you're CEO of this, I'm CEO of that. Um, Like what, so what is... I don't know. What is the difference between the brands? Like, obviously it's like pretty, you know, once for moms, you've got the kitchen thing, but like, how is it different than what you're doing with savvy couple? Like, are they completely separated or is it like all kind of like intermingled in some way? Yeah. So we, we created our, our kind of our, our cast of control bundle, which has a bunch of planners um, for the savvy couple. And then we kind of came to the realization that it doesn't really match up with the brand as well as it, as it, well, as it once did. So in the last six months, we launched the SavvyMama.com um, and we, we launched our membership last year. So they're like completely separate. The Savvy Mama is all about helping moms create home systems and getting time back in their life where the Savvy Couples, you know, how to make money online, start an online business type of thing. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I think, do you ever think about doing like courses about like kids, stuff like that? My wife is like so into those. Like uh, when we had our son, it was like she was, there's uh, taking care of babies. I think is 
somebody, uh, but they put out like sleep courses and like behavioral courses. Like, is that kind of in the roadmap or is it like just more of the system, like home organization stuff? Um, first off, Coral's must be a great mom. Cause Brittany's like the same, Brittany's an incredible mom and she like devours stuff like that. Yeah. Um, constantly. Yeah, like, awesome. They were like designed to be awesome moms. Um, but yeah, yeah. I think. So we've tried doing tons of course launches in our career and they've, we've only had one that's gone well. Um, so it's kind of not our cup of tea where it's the opposite. Like you guys crush course launches. Um, I know definitely Facebook side hustle. I hate doing You got like, do you? (laughs) There's so much. I hate the launch part of it. Yeah. We're, yeah. I mean, we're, our, our kind of like, I don't know. I think that the evergreen funnels, that's always our goal is to get to like evergreen (laughs) because like, um, every course launch is different and sometimes they go really well. Sometimes they don't do well. And it's like, you never really know. And you kind of have to figure out what happened after the fact. Um, and I feel like the team just gets like, it's just a lot of work for them to, to, to do for a launch that may or may not crush, you know? Yeah. And so for us, the way we treat launches now, cause we've got another, we've got probably three more, um, kind of like freelancing products that are in the roadmap, um, for us, but, um, we also are going to have high ticket, versions of, of those programs as well. Uh, but it's really like we launch each time to try to improve the product in some way. So they're almost like cohorts now. Yeah. Um, so this last launch we did for our bookkeeping course, the main goal of it obviously is to help people do well and make money and all of that. But like we built out this whole new onboarding system and like, because the biggest thing that sucks about courses sometimes is that it's hard to get people to come to coaching calls if you have a coaching yeah. component attached to it. And so we wanted to see if we could, improve that and like LTV and retention and and attendance on those calls. And so we built out this like ridiculous SMS notification, add stuff to your calendar as you come into the program. Uh, But that was the goal of the launch. And, and so we'll do one more um, cohort of the, the bookkeeper program before we take it evergreen. So that'll happen in January. Um, And I think we're going to probably focus on some of the coaching and, uh, some other like pricing things and things like that. Like we got to figure out some different kind of levers that we want to pull, Yeah, but it's just, yeah, I don't know. They kind of suck. So it's probably not a bad idea that you aren't doing them. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, we've kind of seen the writing on the wall that we suck at them anyway. So (laughs) it's kind of like a waste of time for us. (laughs) How do you do more like like digital products and, and coat or like, like I I feel like, so you do printables and things like that. And I feel like you have like a monthly membership group. Yeah. Brittany's yep. She's got the savvy mama membership. So it's a low ticket membership. Um, and it's got a community aspect to it. Just kind of a place for moms to find support and connectivity to kind of deal with the problems. Yeah. So yeah, that's, I'm guessing like affiliate marketing is kind of your other big, Yeah, I'm assuming. Yep. Yeah. Yep. How do you, I'm curious how you do with, the emotional side of like launches. Cause I know we've done one of the, one of the launches we did back when we were doing the two X coaching was the uh, marriage. What was it called? Something with marriage and money. Um, and we were going to mm-hmm. launch it and we were like expecting to make like 10 K from it. And it was gonna be this awesome launch and like three people signed up and I was like yeah. devastated. <clears throat> and like, I was super, I like basically tied my worth into how the launch went. And it was a really good lesson yeah. to like, to like learn, like that was just a failure and it's like part of the journey and you know, you got to learn from it and do better and not put my identity into it. But yeah. How do you do like emotionally with launches? <laughs> I feel like, um, I think with, I feel like I'm annoyingly at this point, annoyingly non bothered by them because I've <laughs> done, I've probably done 50 launches over the last six years. Yeah. Um, 
whether it's like relaunch a product or open the doors or whatever. And I, I could tell on this last launch, like the team, the team obviously is like, Oh, they're super invested in it. Cause they wanted to do well. Um, the way that we structure some of our courses, like our instructors have, they get royalties from it. Um, you know, employees, obviously there's profit sharing. So like they want it to go well. Um, but I've kind of just gotten this, like, I don't really care how they do. Um, I'm just more concerned about what are we going to learn from it at the end of it, which is not how I used to be. I used to just like, I used to be more emotionally invested in them, but now I'm just like, these are just things that we have to do to get this product to work really, really well so that we can take it evergreen and scale it. Um, so I'm like, yeah, less, definitely less now than the team is. And I kind of have to feel like I kind of have to coach the team a little bit on that. Cause like they have, none of them have done as many launches as me. Um, and so I've got to kind of like temper, like, Hey, this could go really well. Like when we launched the bookkeeper course, it did really well, but it was like, this could be great or, or this could do nothing. (laughs) So this might really suck. Um, so I think it is long. Yeah. uh, That's pretty much, it just doesn't, doesn't affect me as much as it used to, but I still don't like doing it because I do think it's a a drain on the team. Um, and I just, I want to get stuff evergreen. Like I don't want to have to mess with the logistics of launching stuff, you know? Totally. Yep. So keep it simple. Uh, what's the end goal like for you? What are you, you know, what are you trying to do? You're trying to sell all your stuff and like just retire in the Bahamas. Are you trying to like, just keep things running? Cause you enjoy it. Yeah. I, I think when we first started the business and like really started to take off, <clears throat> I had that goal of like, let's retire early. The goal was like, you know, retire mm-hmm. by 35 and do whatever we want after that. But the more I get into it and the more, we've built the business and like are seeing the impact we're making. It's like, this is what my calling is for sure. Um, so yeah, we were actually cool. consider considering selling in the last year or two, uh, just the savvy couple brand. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, getting that cash windfall. And I just kept thinking like, we're going to reach our financial goals without selling it like within the next year or two. Like, why would I get rid of something we've built over the last six years? Um, just to do that. Yeah. So, so yeah, the, the goal would be to continue to build and we definitely want to get into real estate. Um, so yeah, just continue to, you know, make it passive and build the team around it and have it continue to grow cool. on all sides. Yeah. I, there's something that happens to people. When I talked to Larry came on and he sold his site for like $6 million back in 2018, I think there's definitely something that happens to people when they sell, where they go through this like very, um, I don't know. It's like this, like purpose finding, like they, a lot of them become depressed because yep. I have a lot of friends that have sold their businesses. They, they go through like a bout of depression and then they go through this kind of like wandering through life and they don't know what their purpose is. Um, and then they ultimately either buy their websites back or start a very similar business. Yeah. <laughs> so like my, my whole thought on it has been like, why don't I just grow a, a bigger business that I really love doing yep. every day and is like super fun and just really scale it until I'm tired of scaling it. Because like, yeah, I got, I got an offer to sell, um, probably three years ago or two years ago. And I, I had some talks with a company and we were kind of going through the process and I was just like, nah, I don't want to do this. Yep. <laughs> so I just kind of back, I backed out. Um, but I do think there's something to just finding work that you really love doing and totally. just doing that. Like, yep. I think that there's, it's more important than money for sure. Oh, 100%. I, I think you hit the nail on the head. Like I was thinking the same thing, like. I was going through the emotional process of like, if we did sell, what would life look like after that? Like we'd have the money, we'd be free, but like, what would I be waking up to yeah. do? What would be my purpose? <clears throat> and when I was at the jail, I had, I was like, I've never gone through depression before. I was like depressed, like didn't know what was going on. Yeah. I felt completely stuck, lost, confused, 
frustrated and like i was like why would i ever want to go back to that spot of feeling you know unpurposeful and unfulfilled so so yeah i think you you know you're right if you can find work that you love to do and enjoy and get fulfillment from and it's, you know you got a purpose behind it that's when life becomes very very good i think so too i think so too i, I always try to ask this question to people that come on the podcast um you know there's probably a point in your business because i remember seeing your income reports back in the day and then um you know your bit you've talked about how your business has grown so much um did you was there a point in time where you ever saw like a big number come in um and you looked at that number and like, did it make, did it make you happy? Hmm. I maybe temporarily. That's a good question. I think it's a deep question. I think, I think about this all the time. <laughs> yeah. I think when, I think when it really hit that we like made it was it happened, it's happened twice. The month before Brittany left her job, we made $47,000, which was more than she made her entire year teaching. Yeah. And that was like, Holy cow. Um, you know, we're Christian. We were, we were definitely like, God is telling you to quit your job and and do this full time with me, like clear as day. So that was one of the times I was like super happy. Um, and that was like such a big accomplishment to have Brittany leave teaching and kind of retire, um, and join the business. And then after that, for about a year, we were kind of like lost on like, all right, now what? Like we've, we've made it. We've have the business (laughs) we want. We're making plenty of money. Like what's next. Um, and you know, that goalpost keeps moving and you keep scaling. Um, I think the other time that like, it was like, wow, this is pretty wild that we've done this. We did, we had, we've had hundred K months and it's like, wow, you know, that's a shit ton of money in a month's period of time. And yeah, you get like happy for the moment. And then you realize like, this is just part of the journey. And I think the happiness comes from having the freedom to pick and choose when you work and what you spend your time doing versus the money. I think the money is just the tool that gets you that freedom. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when the first time, the reason I asked that question to everybody that comes on, like I, the thing that was, I was like, well, back when I launched Facebook side hustle with Mike, um, in 2018, like we did 130, I think it was 136,000 in that first weekend. And I had never, I mean, millennial anyway was not doing anything close to that at the time. I was maybe, I don't remember. I have to go back and look at the income reports. I think maybe my best month was like 20 grand. And a lot of that was like service-based stuff where I was like, I was hustling and I was doing ads for clients and stuff. Um, but then that happened. And I remember like seeing the money come in, um, and then going like, wow, this is so crazy. This is awesome. And then it went away so fast, (laughs) like that feeling of like, this is amazing. Yep. And I was like, I remember being really kind of like bummed. <laughs> I was like, wait, this is it. Like everybody wants to get rich and like do all this stuff and make all this money. Uh, and it doesn't, I mean, you should still try to make, I think you should still try to like, if you want to make a bunch of money, go for it, do it. But man, it doesn't, it doesn't have the same impact that you think it would have. Nope. And so my, one of my goals with this podcast is to kind of get that point across. Cause like every single person I've asked so far, has basically said the same thing you just said yep. <laughs> where it's like, it's, it's quick and then it goes away. Yeah. Well, that's good. You know, I'm glad I had the right answer. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. I think oh, it, I don't know if it's the right answer. I mean, God, man, maybe there's somebody out there that's like, Oh man, it changed my life. It made me so happy. And, and I think like the answer that I've, or the, the response that I've seen a lot, is just like, well, I'd like to find out for myself, you know, like, Oh, yeah. you know, boohoo, it doesn't make you happy and stuff, which I get yeah. that. Um, but it's just amazing how, like, I think about like doctors and lawyers and people that have, we're very lucky. I feel like we've got a very like 
our job's very cool. Yeah. Um, and you get to create a lot of your freedom and, and lifestyle and all that. But like the people that go out and like become these kind of like, they become a lawyer and you want to make a bunch of money and then you're trapped in it because you got like the golden handcuffs and it's like, it's just a crazy path that you see people go down, but we all do it. Yeah. But I just think that it just sucks. <laughs> like yeah. it sucks that it doesn't make you happier, you know? Totally. I, um, I mean, Mike, Mike was a lawyer before he started laptop empires and did his agency and stuff. Yeah. He? he hated it. Yeah. Yeah. Mike <laughs> was doing, I mean, he was doing like uh contracts at an oil company, I think. So like his job was like, he's a lawyer, but like he was just reading contracts and like making edits to contracts. Like, that sounds awful. Brutal. <laughs> you know? um, yeah. Brutal for sure. You know? Um, so what's, what's like next on the, the roadmap for you? You got, you add more brands to the the savvy brand or probably not. Build I, what think, you have? What, I think the savvy mom is going to, that's been our focus for a while. Um, kind of like the last six months, I think it'll be a good focus for the next year or so to really build the membership as, as much as we can. Um, and yeah, the same kind of same thing with savvy couple kind of continue to scale that kind of get back into creating content. Uh, like you said, we kind of been more active there for sure. So I want to get back to making videos and I'm finding that like super fulfilling. Um, and then it's kind of just figuring out like what's next. We've always wanted to get into real estate and figure out how to invest there. Um, and I think long-term my big kind of reason for wanting to make so much money and, and reach financial freedom early on is like, I want to leave a legacy and have like a big impact on our community at our church. Um, and I've really found that that like the money is not the part that brings you the happiness. It's the serving others with the assets mm -hmm. that you have is what really brings me the joy and happiness. So, you know, the money allows me to do more and more of that. So that's kind of the end goal. Yeah. That's awesome, man. That's yeah. great to hear. Um, <clears throat> Well, dude, thanks for coming on. Tell people uh, what's where can everybody find you, or social handles, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, we're at the Savvy Couple on all social media channels. That's two V's. Everyone always spells it with one. Um, <laughs> and yeah, you can come check us out. Follow us on Instagram, TikTok, all the YouTube, and we'll feel free to reach out. Awesome, man. Well, thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. Yeah, nice catching up, Bobby.